0: Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. Hey there, I'm Alan Firstenberg. We are two voice devs. Two voice devs. Welcome back, Alan. Welcome back, Mark. Always good to to have
1: our weekly or so chat. Yeah. Um, kind of getting back into things now that uh, <laughs> summer's almost gone. Well, oh, don't say that. Don't say
0: that. <laughs> I know
1: it's got some weeks, but it just it seems like it's it's going too fast. Way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. But you know this this was what I wanted us to talk about today was something that was actually released a little bit earlier this summer. Yep. Um and I didn't understand it, but you know, it was I knew this would be up your alley. So, okay. I wanted to to wait till you were back to talk about it and that's that there's a new release of APL,
1: Alexa Presentation Language 2023.2.
0: Okay? So the second one this this year.
1: Yeah, that's the um, new naming convention is the year dot what quarter, I guess, that or the, what release it is that year. I think they try to do it quarterly. So the, the disclaimer that's at the top of this page for 2023.2 is that as of June 30th this year, the new features um, are going to be released to the Echo Show family, except the Echo Show 1, the like first generation Echo Show, second generation, and Echo Spot all of which are devices that i own um so what that tells me is that some of these newer features aren't being backported to older older devices and so um that's,
0: that's kind a of interesting
1: problem. yeah it is a it is a problem um but um because each device actually um when it gets updated it says it supports a specific version so there is some, if you read the documentation, there are some indication about what do you do if the version number uh, doesn't match and and how do you kind of like degrade gracefully to an older version. Um, right. That's hard. I, I, I haven't really done that. Um, so you kind of like uh, have to, and, and unfortunately there's not some document out there that says, mm-hmm. of the smart display devices are using version or have been upgraded to version 2023.1 or anything. You have no idea how many devices are at what version. So you're, you're kind of just rolling the dice a little bit, unfortunately.
0: That that's concerning. I mean, especially because, you know, again, when we look at the, the HTML world, um, you know, and, and even more so the JavaScript world, you know, we would, we, you know, there, there were lots of people who just said, well, I'm going to ignore older browsers. Yeah. And a lot of people have said, well, not I'm going to ignore older browsers, but I'll also optionally load a library that will give me that backward compatibility or that forward compatibility in those browsers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds like we can't do that with APL. And I'm that that worries me a lot.
1: Yeah, I think that this is you know, but don't want to be you know super critical of Amazon, but this is a, an area that is one confusing, two puts the burden on the developer, and three doesn't provide the developer the information that they need to know to make the decision. So,
0: for those that that may have forgotten, what is APL? Just uh, you know the the quick summary
1: of it. All right, so for Alexa smart display devices. Um, there is a roughly equivalent to um, HTML that gets shown on those devices, uh, but it's uh, it's a custom language, JSON-based, um, called Alexa Presentation Language. It has components, it has um, data binding, it has interactivity. Um, so it's 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 display plus interactivity specific to. Um, smart displays and um, TVs that display APL as well.
0: Now, no, I feel like, I mean, you know, there, there are differences there. I think, I feel like one of the big differences that's not really, I don't know. I don't feel like it's ever really talked about enough is this notion of data binding and how the dynamics of it really, really kind of impact how you think about these APL documents. Yeah. And, and the best way I have to illustrate this is in standard HTML. If you want something to change on the screen, you normally have JavaScript uh, go and change it and JavaScript may be listening for an event. And when that event happens, it goes and checks data out and goes and changes part of the screen. In APL, it's different because you're, you're basically hooking different parts of the screen up to values. In, in of, of stuff in memory, stuff in the data store. And to make things change on the screen, all you do is change a thing in the data store and the screen changes.
1: Yes, so um, what APL allows you to do is just define what the screen is going to look like and define the data that's going to be bound to that screen. So that could be single items, or it could be a list of items, and then you can do data binding. Now, kind of the simple case is that you could have the skill return back this screen that also returns back a data file um, or some data JSON, that's a list of items, And but then it's the actual, the binding and the combining of those happens on the device itself. So that's one way. To do it, and that's been around since the very beginnings of APL version 1.0. And then most recently, when we talked about widgets a, w- a little while ago, they introduced something called the data store, which is something that that kind of lives on the on the right, okay. the device that you can um, make API calls to update that that data store, and that that data store um, would then reflect those changes on the screen. So yeah, there are two different ways that you can um, access data or update data or provide data for the APL screen. But the code is pretty much the same as far as the way that you would code the screen. Cause you're gonna say, this is like, I've got a container control or component that's gonna fill this whole screen. On the left hand, 30% of the screen is going to be a list of items. And that's gonna be you know, a, a, some sort of a list um, component, um, and then on the right hand, you might have decide that you want to have some specific data values. So you, 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 there's lots of different ways that you can define design your screen, and you might even have different variations based on how big your screen is, uh, what type of device your the APL is running on, um, or if it's running on a widget, you could have something different. So there's um, lots to to kind of think think about how how things work, but really you've got the the display aspect of it, you've got the data, you've got the ability to bind, and you've got some interactivity. If I push this button, I can send something back to the skill or I can have something interact or effect just on the document itself. Well, I I feel like the, the crucial
0: part in that to me is if I do some interaction on the screen, one of the things that I can do is change data values. And if I change those data values, that means that things on the screen can change. So for example, you know, again, relating it to HTML, you know, if I checked a checkbox in HTML, it would have to trigger an event or trigger something in JavaScript that would go change the layout. In APL, I make a a portion of the layout dependent on whether there is a value that is set to true or false. Yeah. And a checkbox that changes that value. So it's and and that's the the I feel like that's the crucial element of data binding in APL.
1: Yeah. So it's it's instead of kind of like classic HTML JavaScript that you might think about, APL is kind of more on the side of some sort of a spa, single page application type framework, something like a view. Or React, right, or something because it's got that data binding, um, interactivity stuff kind of built in. So similar to how SPA just manipulates the DOM on the client side in the browser, APL a lot of the times um, just manipulates the data that's in that that's being bound to different components, um, and that happens on the device.
0: And part of the reason I, I. I... I keep going on about this is because one of the the new changes in 2023.2 the new version Mm -hmm. of apl is something they refer to as deferred evaluation for data binding (laughs) which well i'll be honest i didn't understand what it was and or or why we would need it or
1: (laughs) why you would need it yes all right Um, yeah so uh this is some this is some place that they can do better So you have have the question about the deferred data binding? Yes. Okay. So the data binding syntax um, isn't too different than some sort of data binding syntax you might see in some HTML SPA framework. Um, So it's the dollar sign, curly braces, and then you can specify um, a value in there and that gets evaluated. Now-
0: And and just be clear, just because this is this is how data binding has been working all along. Yeah, yep, that, that part isn't new.
1: Yeah. And what's what's a little bit hard to think about, and I don't I don't totally have it down either, is there's certain life cycles of when certain things happen. So for example, there is a time when the data gets brought in and bound to typically like a data property, and then that causes things to happen on the child. Uh, the children components generally. So, but at that time that that evaluation happens and that that is inside of a dollar sign curly braces um, expression that at the time that that property is evaluated, that data binding happens and the evaluation happens. So that... It's fine if it's kind of more of a read-only screen. It's just going to present it. You don't necessarily care exactly when that happens. But then Mm -hmm. when you want to start to say, well, I want to start doing some interactivity, then that, you know, like you might hit a situation where the thing that you want to do to have the inactivity is after it's already been bound to this property. So then how do you update something that's already been bound? So... yeah. Uh, no, 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 no.
0: And I'm making this face because I thought there was already a way to do that, and that's that you change the value of the the data property. You know, you. And I don't remember the the command to do, but there was a a an APL command I thought mm-hmm. to set a value.
1: So you can set values, um, and when you when you when you call set value, you can. Either well, you can set value is is a command, and you can say these are our other things that you can do when you set a command. Um, and what you can set values to different things. So we're talking about there's data and there's bound properties and there's component properties. So those are all are three different things that can be changed. Okay. All right. So, like if you create your own component or you're using a pager component, you can set the value of the pager, um, I don't know, to like change to, a, to go to a certain page or something like that. And that, that might be a set value or I, actually I think there's a specific command that, that does that. But but that's changing a property of a component, which is going to make the component behave differently on the screen. That's not anything with data. That's a property on the component that's going to affect how the component looks or how it behaves or goes right. to a different page. So that's one instance where you can, I don't know, click a button and have change a property on a component and have it do something different.
0: Are you, but, but you're changing the value of the data and that changes the property, I thought. So I will, I, I will, I will yeah. concede that my mental model of this may be completely wrong.
1: Yeah. It's, well, it's, 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 you, you kind of have to think about it in three different silos. You have component properties that you can set those properties directly. Okay. Um, and so that could be like setting the page, say, go to page three of my pager control. Um, so, or if you create your own custom components, you can set your own properties on your um, component and you can uh, have something like you click on a button and you can say, um, you know, set set the color from red to green and the the... You know, something will change right. change color. Yeah. So, so it's it's just setting a property on the component. And there's and that's kind of like you can't really undo, you can just set. I'm gonna set it to this value. Okay, now I'm setting it to this value. Now I'm setting it to this value. Okay. All right, so that's component properties. The next part is data binding. Now to, to you know binding to data. Now, there are some ways that you can change data that then by changing the data, it will be reflected <clears throat> on the screen, but it's it's a little bit difficult. And that depends on if you're updating an object versus a list of objects. But there there is some way that you can just update the data and then the list control would be refreshed. And now instead of three items in the list, there's four items in the list. Okay. Um, and that just happens by changing the, the the underlying data. but it's kind of more um, you change change the list or you change the object. It's not necessarily I'm finding this one property on this one object and setting that one property. It's more I'm updating this object, I'm updating this list of objects. It's kind of a little bit more gross control. Okay, as yeah. opposed to fine control, um, kind of in that same data binding <laughs> um, area is the the new data source stuff where you could either um, have out external to your APL that's running have some process that says, "Oh, the new stock value is this." update the data store and all of a sudden your widget, which is just APL or your APL screen shows the information about the new thing. Right, And th- that's just because it's being bound to a certain property in the data store. And we just updated that value in the data store. And so it automatically reflects the new value. Right. Once again, okay. it's kind of, um, it's kind of gross control over it. Um, you can also in that same vein, I guess have some issue some command, like if I hit a button, you could trigger, some value to be, something to be updated in the API, which then calls down to the data store that refreshes the data store, but you can't really update the data store directly. I thought you could. Um, You know what? Okay, Well, sorry,
0: data store, not whatever, okay.
1: Okay. So then the last category is binding. So you can create variables in your code at various levels, uh-huh. and you can say um, I'm setting this counter to zero, and then you have a button, and when you click on the button, you can say set value to this um, variable name to you know plus one, and so uh-huh. then it you know so then it updates that. So those are kind of all the different ways that I can think of right now. Anyway, that you can update values, right. All right. And so all of those are going to require some sort of a data binding expression on some property in a component. It could also be you might have like a text property, string property on some component, and just have some text, but you could have a data binding expression inside of that text that says the current temperature is dollar sign curly braces degrees degree Fahrenheit. Yes. Right. Okay. So All right. So, so that's another type of data binding that you can do is, is not like the whole thing, but uh, something that's part of, part of that. And and you can do that for all kinds of properties. It doesn't have to be a string property, but right. Okay. All right. So what happens is that when the, um, and I hope I get this right, but this is maybe, this is partly just my mental model and experience, I guess, because I've run into this a number of times, but, you don't necessarily control when the binding happens. So when, when the data gets bound to the list, to the data property on a component and it shows you a list of things, you don't necessarily have control over that. I don't know that this delayed um, functionality is really meant for that. It's more meant for the case where, let's say you've got that text string and you have some value in there that you want to change. Now, the value that comes in that text string might actually come from a a bind property that is is the current temperature. And what happens is that when you start to go through the component, you're reading through the APL tree basically and going through and you're building stuff, it's going to hit this bind property and it's going to say, oh, I have a string that has a dollar sign curly braces and I'm going to evaluate it right now. Now, um, that thing that you bind to could be something like current date time, but current date time updates, and so whenever it updates, it kind of tickles the right the string to to update. But there might be something else that 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 is the thing that's filling it in, like the 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 temperature, right? So maybe you hit a button, you go get a make a sky or or the counter, you know, or there's a yeah,
0: counter, the counter. That, you yeah. Know, that
1: yeah, the yeah the counter examples reason, is incremented when you click on it. sure so. So what happens is that you you may not want the evaluation to happen at the time that the the bind property is being read. You might want to delay that for some time farther down. Um, There is some certain like when things hit order. So like if I think if you've got things in a certain order, you can use the output of a previous bind in in a following bind and have that be evaluated but if but you once again you don't really have any control over when that gets bound so this is all background to the the thing that was added is instead of just the dollar sign curly braces syntax for data binding you have a pound sign curly braces syntax what that means is that and let's say that you've got a property that's bound that has that in the string. So instead of you know dollar sign count, it has pound sign count. What it does is that it's still going to evaluate it, but it's gonna look at that pound sign and says, oh, instead of evaluating it, like if it was a dollar sign, it's actually gonna turn that into a dollar sign curly braces. Kind of an interesting implementation because what it does is it just says, all right, I've, I've hit this, but I don't really, really want to evaluate it. I want to evaluate it later. So it, it still evaluates it, but it turns it into a dollar sign, curly braces syntax. So then later when you do something else, you can call eval, which seems, I don't know, rem- reminiscent of JavaScript eval, which is like, yeah, uh, but you can call an eval on that property and then it looks through the property and says, oh, I see a dollar sign property in here. So now I'm going to actually resolve that data bind. It's a way of deferring data binding until you explicitly call eval on that. Okay. So maybe the the example that they used was something with localization. You could have, is it gonna be is it gonna be degrees Fahrenheit or degrees Celsius? So I've got some when clauses that says when it's this locale, U.S., it's going to be degrees Fahrenheit. And when it's, you know, U.K., it's going to be degrees Celsius. And it's got the equation of degrees Fahrenheit, degrees Celsius that's different based on what the temperature is. Then it can delay bind what the actual thing is and then still be able to use when to kind of get to the right condition based on the locale and then call the right thing. It's either going to be Fahrenheit or Celsius. The other thing that they talk about is having it be localizing like strings based on, um, you know, based on locale, there is not a great way to localize strings other than like on the server and pass it down based on what, value you're at. So there are certain situations where delayed eval binding would be useful. Um but generally I don't I don't know that unless you're doing something with uh, localization or something you know special where you just kind of hit a situation where like darn it this is evaluating at the wrong spot then you might use it. But
0: okay I, I feel like we just spent a lot of time on something that isn't going to be used a lot.
1: It, there, there, I think there's obviously a reason why they put it in there, and I'm not sure, you know, is it something... What it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly why that is, but something that 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 is solving some purpose. Um, I hope but so. But I really occasionally hit situations where things aren't evaluating, and then I kind of just have to do things a little bit differently, and it seems to be okay. So... I don't know how I'm going to use this at this point, but I I have an understanding at least enough of that it's out there if I need it.
0: Okay, I don't want to belabor this thing because I'll be honest, I still don't get it, but <laughs> I'm hoping it's useful to someone. Um. So what was next? Slide? Oh, APL component property changes.
1: So okay. what
0: what what properties have changed here?
1: All right. <clears throat> I'm going to skip the first one and, and deal with that last of the three. Okay. So the first one we're going to talk about is, and, and this is some changes with um, with set value. There is a source property on a vector graphic that didn't used to be dynamic. And what dynamic means is that you can call set value on that property and change it. So what this is saying is, is that you can do something and have, um, have a vector graphic, have a source property, and then like click on a button and change the source property of that vector to something else. Okay. So it's just it's just a way of, of in, instead of what you probably would have to do before, we'd have some property that would toggle and have two different vector graphics, one that's hidden and one that's being shown. Here you can just, you know, swap out the source property to something different. Okay. Makes sense. All right. What else? Controlled media now has a seek to um, command so that you can actually go to a specific location in the video. Okay. So so programmatically you can control now, and you don't even necessarily have to have the um the video player control visible. So I'm I'm thinking anyway, um I haven't done this yet, but this would be a way where you can programmatically skip to certain points of the video and play certain segments. So you could conceptually have, instead of doing animation, which is, is typically hard with, you could do Lottie files, which is just variations of of um, vector graphics. Um, but there's always some um, support for Lottie files in, in APL. Um, you could conceptually have different segments of animations, like one video chopped up into certain segments and say, start at this point and play for this duration and play different animations. If Mm -hmm. uh, at least that would be, that seems like it'd be an interesting um, experiment to do on that. Okay. Okay. Now, if you go to the documentation for components then you will see that there's actually a page for base components. So basically, there is some sort of a hierarchy. So if you've got a text component, then it's going to inherit from base component. So part of the properties of base component has been this property called entity. Now, it could be either entity or entities. Uh, It doesn't matter. They do this on certain things, on certain properties. It can be item or items. It doesn't really matter. Um, because they're kind of interchangeable. They just like have one be an alias for the other. Um, But there has been this entities property available since 1.0. I haven't ever used it, partly because it's great description is opaque data used to clarify references in Alexa. That is all the documentation that you get on it. Oh, yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, I've got this opaque data used to clarify references in Alexa. Alright, so I had this big conversation I actually with, with somebody on the on the uh, champion slack, and I'm like, okay, I just don't get this. What's what am I ever gonna use this for? What's what is this thing? All right, so I I think I better I understand it at least a little bit better. When you have an Alexa component and you have, for example, a button, you can define what data you pass with that button click. So let's say I click on a button and maybe I'm going to send a send event back to the skill to do something that could be an API call or whatever. Uh I can very easily tell which button I press because you can specify what data you pass and one of the things could be like the name of the button or, you know, whatever you want. So the problem is, is that when you say, you've got an APL screen and you're not doing something physically interactive, you're interacting with voice. Um, you might say, um, go ahead and select that thing or give me that one. Uh, So this, the screen might be very clear, which one is that thing. Right. And it might vary depending on, uh, on how your, how your screen is Mm -hmm. set up. Right. But, it doesn't really know what you're talking about. You know, what is the context of you talking? And it's it's not gonna send you the whole screen and say, this is the screen that we're talking about, but it's got a property called component components visible on screen. And it's gonna be a little tree of components that are actually visible on the screen. Now, depending on which component it is, and depending on if you've specified an ID for that component, you might get some information. It might also give you some information like um, it's focused, false, it's clickable, true. Um, it might tell you what the visibility is of it. There might be some, you know, like some, some information generically talking about this thing, but there's also an entities property that's an array that you could. In the past, since 1.0, you could hard code and put something in that entity's list. So you could have some component or some concept of this is the thing that's selected. I could add something to that entity's property with was um, you know some key value or something that would indicate this thing, and then it gets passed back as one of the components that are visible, and I could walk the tree finding every entity you know until I find this particular property or maybe I'm assuming if it's got an ID you could either probably like find it by ID and then find the entities that go with it you can get some context about what's going on So up to this version it was not dynamic meaning you could hard code something in it but it couldn't change now you can do something on the screen so like this button press maybe you're clicking button da, 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 and you say, I want that many. Well, what is that many? I've got a count that clearly, clearly shows on the screen a text component that says three. I want three of them, but I said I, my my um, utterance was just, I want that many. Well, I don't know what three is. So I could dynamically, every time I increment that to three, I could set an entity on some component that is the value of the, the number of times that I clicked it, so then I know what that is.
0: Okay, that makes a little more sense.
1: Yeah. So, so that that the, in in those cases where you need some additional contextual clues when you're doing a voice interaction with the display, you can provide some information statically or dynamically. Now, um, that will will help you kind of interpret what this current state of the screen is, so that you can respond appropriately. Um, to kind of generalize commands.
0: Okay. Um, so I want to skip around a little bit. I see they've got a, a, a section called
1: other changes. What, what are what are these other changes here? All right. So that's mostly deprecated. So there was in version 1.0 something called set state. Now components can have state, whether they're clicked or focused or uh, disabled. So okay. I, I said checked, right? Checked, disabled, or focused. Right. So that's those are kind of general. Um, you can kind of even imagine that um, in HTML and the develop the dev console where you can say, oh, it's hover. It's, you know, you can different states, but there's only really three main states disabled, checked, and focused. And you used to be able to set those with a set um, state um, command. Okay. You say set the state to, and then you would say that, you know, that it's going to be focused as this or checked as this. Um, set state is deprecated um, now. Um, set value has been used for all kinds of things, like setting, like I said before, setting properties on components. Now, what it's going to also be used for is that you can set the disabled or checked property with set value. And in the case of focus, you can call set focus, clear focus um, commands specifically, and that's going to set the focus prop, the pro- focused state and then with state you can have um different styles associated with state so um when when it's you know disabled then it's going to be gray when it's uh, when it's you know disabled false it's going to be visible whether it's checked it's going to have a little check mark or not check mark or however you you know some emoji for that or focused or not focused could have some sort of a border, border ring boundary on it that's showing that it's focused or it could um, be a different color or, or or something. So that's that's basically saying set set states deprecated. This is what you use instead.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then finally, uh, and this I think is the more interesting announcement here is they now have cheat sheets for APL.
1: Yes, I did look at those and they look very helpful. Um, they basically go go through and identify different components, different properties. Um, it's a way of um, having just a quick resource so you can look, look at APAL and understand some different things and set properties and stuff um, where you may not have to, you know, go into the documentation and, and dig into that. You can just use the cheat sheets and they looked helpful when I looked over them.
0: Okay. So overall, you know, I, I'm still not convinced these are big changes, but you're right. (laughs) You know, somebody must've asked for them or they wouldn't have done them.
1: Yeah. Or something that Amazon's going to come out with soon. Uh, required them and uh, they weren't there. And so now, now they're, now they're there. So, it's so fun. fantastic.
0: Uh, you know, as always, we'd love to hear what people are doing with APL. Uh, you know, um, I guess this is where we give a shout out to APL Ninja as well. Cause you know, we, yes. we need to do that. Um, that that's a, a great place to learn and experiment when, when you're doing APL stuff. Um, but otherwise, you know, reach out to us on uh on the Slack for Alexa, Uh, comments below, um, LinkedIn, we're around. Um, (laughs) You can find us somewhere. We're we're somewhere. Uh, We'd love to hear what you're doing and uh, can certainly talk about it another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Alan. You as well, Mark. Have a great week. Thanks.